This is Father Robert Barron. Friends, I invite you to reflect with me on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a non-for-profit apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization. We utilize media, both old and new, to share the faith on every continent and to facilitate an encounter with Christ and His Church. Through our efforts, we hope to take the gospel out into the peripheries of the culture, where the transformative power of God's Word is most needed. Let us open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each one of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might share the warmth and light of Jesus Christ, who is the Word on Fire. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, our gospel passage for today, this second Sunday of Advent, is precious indeed, for it's the opening of the first of the four Gospels, the one written by St. Mark. Like many other great writers, Mark signals his purpose and intention in the very opening line. Listen. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now, I know as we read the uh, Gospel of Mark, we just probably pass that line over. Like, oh yeah, yeah, just a little introductory boilerplate. No, no, no. The whole Gospel is in that line if we read it aright. First of all, the word beginning, arche in Mark's Greek, is of course a charged one if you're a biblical person. John's Gospel will commence with the phrase, NRK and Hologos, right? In the beginning was the Word. And this in turn harkens back to the very beginning of the entire Bible, Bereshit, in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth. In other words, like John, Mark is going to tell us a story of new creation of the remaking of the world. See, Christians, listen to me. That's the heart of the Christian thing. If he's just one more teacher giving us a moral vision, great. I mean, that's fine, but we got a a thousand visionaries and philosophers and moral teachers. The point of the Gospels is it's archaic, it's beginning, it's creation, it's the remaking of the whole world. Well, it's the beginning of what now in Mark's uh, opening line? It's the beginning of the euangelion, glad tidings, good news about Jesus. Now, I probably mentioned to you before in other sermons that the term euangelion was used in the secular context in the first century to announce an imperial victory. After a general or the emperor won a battle, he would send, literally, evangelists out ahead of him. And they're carrying the euangelion, the good news of his conquest. And so St. Mark, as he writes this first of the Gospels, is being purposely edgy in the very first line of his text. Because what he's saying is, I've got the real story of victory. I've got the story of the real imperial victory, and it's got nothing to do 
with Caesar or any of his generals, but rather with someone whom Caesar put to death. This obscure figure from a dusty corner of the empire whom Caesar put to death. I'm going to tell you a story about him, and that's the real Evangelion, the real imperial victory. He's announcing in a word that the story of the ultimate victory and conquest is nothing like we expected. Okay, let's keep marching through that opening line. The beginning of the good news about whom? Well, someone named Jesus, that's the Hellenized version of the Hebrew name Yehoshua, which means Yahweh saves. Yehoshua, God, the God of Israel, saves. And of course, every time a Jew, a, a Jew of the first century heard the word, the name Yehoshua, he would think of an earlier Yehoshua, the one that we know as Joshua, Moses' second in command. Moses was the liberator. He brought the people out of slavery. He led them to the uh, threshold of the promised land, but it was Joshua who conquered it. Joshua who took on the enemies of the nation. Joshua who established them in the land. And so you're a, a first century Jew hearing this text. You're thinking of this great conqueror. The point is that in this new Yehoshua, Yahweh would effect a conquest that would save his people. Does that make sense? Yehoshua, Yahweh saves. Calling to mind Joshua, the conqueror of the promised land. The story Mark's going to tell is a story of victory, conquest, which saves the people Israel. Keep going. This Jesus bears a title, namely Christos, which translates the Hebrew Mashiach, which means the anointed one. So the beginning of the glad tidings about Yehoshua, the Mashiach, that's what Mark is saying. Well, all Israelite kings were anointed, but the anointed king par excellence was David. Remember the famous scene, David's anointed by the prophet Samuel, and we hear that the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David, and David becomes thereby the greatest of the Israelite conquerors, the one who established a real Israelite empire. And so, Mark is telling us, this Jesus, Jesus, is a new Joshua. He's also a new David, who has won the definitive victory. Now, mind you, as I'm laying all this out, Mark, who had been a companion of St. Peter in Peter's last years in Rome, was writing this gospel, most likely, in the Eternal City, in the capital of the great empire. 
He was well acquainted, therefore, with the cult of the Roman emperor. See, this was just beginning in the wake of Julius Caesar, then his son Augustus Caesar, his adopted son, and then Tiberius and the other emperors, a cult of the emperors emerging. What the Roman Republic always uh, eschewed, any claim to, to kingship and much less to, to divine status, the Republic uh, eschewed that. But now in the time of, of the empire, a cult of the Roman emperor is emerging. Well, one of the imperial titles was Wios Tutheu, Greek for son of the god. A title that was given originally to Caesar Augustus. He was the adopted son of Julius Caesar, and Julius Caesar, upon his death, was named Divus, divine, by the Roman uh, uh, powers. And therefore, Augustus and his successors were named Wios Tutheu, son of the god. What does St. Mark say? I've got a story about the glad tidings dealing with Jesus, who's the Christos, the anointed one like David. And then the last thing he says, Wios Tutheu, the son of God. Now, again, we're going to probably run right past that line thinking, well, yeah, Jesus is the Son of God. Everyone knows that. Imagine this text now being read for the first time, and it's being read in a Roman context, and someone's being described as the Wittos Tutheu. Well, that's, that's, that's Caesar's title. That's the emperor's title. Yep, Mark is implying this conqueror who saves his people, this new David, is also the true emperor. He's the true king, the true leader of the world. You see, it's wonderful. There's a Hebrew side to that opening line, and there's a Roman side to it. And the Roman side, you see, in the Wios Tutheu. How provocative was this St. Mark? And uh, we know little about him, but he was a genius. This literary form of the gospel, imitated by the three other gospel writers, and then having, of course, a massive influence on Western culture. But it starts here with this figure, And it starts with this very provocative line. In the belly of the beast, he's consciously mocking the Roman emperor, telling his readership who the true son of God is. How does Mark know all this? Why does Mark think this is good news? That he's dealing with a new Joshua, a new David, a new emperor. How does he know it? Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. In that great act, God was showing that his love is more powerful than anything in the world. He was showing that love can conquer sin in all its forms, can even conquer death itself, which is our greatest enemy and the greatest ally of tyrants up and down the centuries. Right? How do tyrants do their work? by instilling in people the fear of death. In conquering that, Jesus, the Christ, the anointed king, dethrones all false claimants to ultimacy. Okay. Now, in light of all this, which we just culled from one line of Mark's gospel, look back with me at the wonderful prophecies of Isaiah in our first reading. 
words written at the time of the return of the Israelites from exile in Babylon. Isaiah is speaking of the overwhelming power of God displayed in that great act. Listen. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together. And here is your God. He comes with power, the Lord God. He rules by his strong arm. And finally, like a shepherd, he feeds his flock. In his arms, he gathers the lambs. This was a reflection on what God had done in liberating his people from their exile in Babylon. But they take on a new and deeper resonance in light of what God has done in Jesus Christ. And now just a glance at the magnificent second reading from 2 Peter. So overwhelmed were they by the resurrection of Jesus from the dead that the first Christians regularly spoke of the end of the world. What they meant was the old order, the old way of doing things, the old world of sin has been blown away by God's act. The fact of death and all the terrible allies of death has been defeated. And so the program becomes one of hopeful expectation of a new and better world. In Peter's language, a new heavens and a new earth. Who are the agents of this renewal? Who are the chosen instruments of a gracious God? None other than the followers of Jesus, the risen one. The point of all of this, friends, today is that we have to join the army of this new Joshua. We have to come under the kingship of this new David. We have to follow behind the powerful God who's leading with his mighty arm. See, and this is what Advent expectation is all about. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to The Word on Fire. I hope that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor. Until we meet again next week, I pray that God will bless you and those you love. Friends, holiness is heroism, and we need heroic priests. That's why we partnered with Spirit Jew Studios to create a short film highlighting the demands and joys of the priesthood. Watch the entire film for free and share it with all the young men you know by visiting heroicpriesthood.com.